Okay. We're live. We're, we're doing the live thing. We're live <laughs> with Vincent Pastor and me, yeah. Abelson on Game Changers. I am so excited. All right. Can I call you Vinny? What do I call you? Vin, Vinny, Vincent? What do you like? Don't call me Vince. You know who's <laughs> called Vince? Elvis Presley and King Creole. Oh, I love King Creole. Oh and I God. hated Vince. And when I was in the Navy, because you showed me that hat you're going to give me. Let me see. Yeah. Here, um, look at this. When I was in the Navy, my chief on because I worked on the Admiral ship. This chief used to call me Vince. I hated it. Don't no, I wasn't going to call you Vince. I was, but you signed your Vinny. 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 So when I was 15, I had Vinny number one and Vinny number two, and I bet you even know my first Vinny because you know Johnny Gale, right? Uh, Johnny Gale did the music for a box tale with Chaz. Johnny Gale's the guitar player and he does all the doo-wop stuff. You know, okay. Johnny. Well, yeah. Johnny was in a band with Vinnie, Vinnie Graffio, my Vinnie number one. Anyway. And who's Vinnie number two? Vinnie number two, that, that's a fake, that's a span. He was from Mexico, Vincent Gonzalez the third. Oh, but all he, right. But he was a guitar player. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so we have to talk about, this is so crazy because the the, the things, you know, Michael Imperioli's birthday is in two days on March 26th, same day as my dad's. And uh, we made a movie together years ago and he's been a great friend. And I know that you and Michael and Sharifa do the conversations we with the Soprano thing. Yeah, yeah, we went to Australia. Oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah, and we so we, seven cities. You we did it in, to go, in COVID, you did this? No, pre-COVID. And then we were supposed to go to Europe, 15 cities in COVID. We lost it, but we may go to London. Uh, our next gig, um, we're doing something in the city um, in June, and then we're doing, oh, we just booked Red Bank again. Uh, um, the, what is it, St. George's? No, that's uh, St. Charles, uh, the Red Bank. Oh, Count Basie. Wow. And yeah, uh, we're doing Count Basie in September. So we, they, gonna... we go back to the same venues now. They love us, it's a show. So tell, tell us about what the show is. So people who, who are going to go know what, well, is, what, is, we, what uh, it's called. It's called Conversations in Comedy with the Sopranos because uh, when Stephen put it together with Michael, it was before they had the podcast and before right. uh, everything blew up with the book. And, you know, we, like I said, we went to Australia with it. And now we locked in Joey Cola, who uh, does uh, the opening for Drew Barrymore. Okay, I don't want to tell you that I've known Joey Cola for 40, 35 years. Isn't this yeah. a small world? I'm, te I'm telling you. I used to be a comedian. You know everybody I, I Joey. know. Yes. So Joey opens us up and he comes out and he does comedy. Right. And then, and then he uh, they show clips from Sharipa, clips from Michael, and they end up with clips from me when I get whacked. And they bring me <laughs> out first. And they bring out Sharipa. And then Michael's the centerpiece. Right. And it's a it's a show. It's a scripted show that oh. they ask us questions. I mean, we, we it's like a rat pack and we go off, you know, we get we get vulgar. We you know, sometimes Steve <laughs> is just drinking on stage. Somebody heckles. He tells the guy to shut the F up. You know, <laughs> sometimes people ask and then we have a Q&A and sometimes yeah. people ask us great questions. Tell, all right, so tell tell me a great question that somebody has asked. Is like a, like everybody how I, always. How do I how do I prepare for a role? Okay, answer. I said I said it's on the page. What do you mean? Tell me what it's you mean. It's on the page. I mean, it's there. 
It's written. You know, it's it's the way you it's yours. Otherwise, you would have never got the part. So you pick it up off the page and it becomes you. Okay, so I have to ask you this. I'm I'm a woman oh. of a certain age. How the hell do you remember lying to this? I mean, I can't even remember if I what know. I left in the other room. How do you do yeah. it? I know. Look. So the, what are those, what are the lawyers saying about Chris's case? That's my first line to Chaz, and then right. Chaz says, "I'm meeting with them later." And then I, Joey Muggs, Tony Darrow, he comes in, and I, and I'm, I'm, I'm smarter than Tony. And I was talking to Tony today. So we're gonna have fun with this. This is Graves and Willie uh, DeMeo's show, and um, he wrote uh, me, Chaz and Tony in, and it's really cool because I were, I've been working with Tony since Goodfellas. Unbelievable. And Michael too. Michael. Uh, I, Michael, I knew Michael. Michael used to come to my bar. <laughs> oh my God. All right, so we have to- that on stage. We, How we used have to come to my bar. All right, you know, we have to talk about- the, in, being, in the, yeah, in the Sopranos, he bought yeah. the bar for Drea. It's and called the Lollipop. That's where I used to DJ. And then he made it to Crazy Horse, and that was the bar I owned, and he used to come in. So Sharipa says to him, says, well, how old were you when you were going to Vinny's bar? And Michael said, Vinny didn't care. And I said, listen, that's where you learned how to play music. He said, Vinny didn't care. I didn't care. I had Kevin Dillon in there, Matt Dillon, Paul Dillon. I had um, Michael O'Keefe used to come in. He was going He's out. He's a with, friend of mine, too. He well, was his, with Bonnie Rayet. Yes, he's from a mariner. See, I was West, I was near a shell. All right, but wait, you're a Bronx boy to begin with, right? No, I'm near a shell, New York. No, I thought you were born in the Bronx. They no, lie. I was, born, I was born in Port Chester. I don't know who put that. I was born in the Bronx. Wiki. My Wiki grandmother Wiki. came out of Arthur Avenue, but I was born in Port Chester. Okay, this is the most side. important question of the day. What? Where's your favorite favorite pizza in New York? What? In New York? Yeah. I don't want to go to New York. No. <laughs> Your favorite, your favorite, where's your favorite, your favorite pizza? I'm not going to go to New York. Okay, Arthur Avenue, Dominic's, that was my thing. Well, I, any place on at the Arthur Avenue is good. That's family. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> I heard New Rochelle has good pizza. Is that true? Patsy's and Mon Pizzeria, yes. All right, that's Rochelle's making a comeback. It is. Yeah. All my <laughs> doctors are in New Rochelle. I just had my colonoscopy in New Rochelle. <laughs> All right, so so, oh my God, all right, this is this is too crazy. All right, so let's go back. So you're you're did, kidding. Did you know T Bone with Daryl? But T Bone Burnett? No, T Bone. No, no. Yeah, with Daryl. Yeah. See, mm -hmm. when I had my club, yeah, T Bone was playing with uh, Billy Vara, mm -hmm. and he was playing with. Um, Guy Pip Gillette, and then what happened is that Tommy Matola came into my club and he met T Bone and put him in with Holland Oats. And wow. Bobby Mayo used to play in my club. I know Bobby Mayo. God he bless his soul. He passed. Yeah. yeah. He and Bobby Mayo also played with Peter Frampton. And these yeah. are the guys that I haven't been out in my Crazy Horse Club in 1980 from 8085. I'm and now I run this. around with what? Well, I run around my band and it's musicians from back then. Gangster Squad. We got to talk about it because all yeah. those people that used to play for you used to play for me on Bleecker Street. I'm sure it was a lot of the same people. Well, that's where I met Lester Kenny's. Okay. He was working the door. He was working the door. 
And I just come in, I went down on Monday nights to see the jam. Remember the jam? Right. Yeah. And I saw Lester, he says, ain't you Lester from the Chambers Brothers? He says, yeah, I'm watching the door for somebody, but he was working the door. <laughs> and I said, well, he's, I'm going I'm to sing. And then I said, why don't you come up and sing in my club? I got Harvey Brooks up there. He said, you got Harvey Brooks? I said, yeah, Harvey plays on Thursday nights, but he don't have anybody singing. So I brought Lester up there. We put a band together. It's called the Lester Chambers Harvey Brooks Band, and we went on tour. Get out of here. Yeah. Okay, so how did you become a rock impersonator? All right, you're a kid. You're in school, you're a kid. What do you want yeah. to be when you grow up? Do you want to be- Well, my cousin was Dion of the Belmonts, Paula Mastrangelo. And we knew the Mellow uh -huh. Kings and we knew all that. We, that's, I grew up, I, listen, my best friend in life lives across the lane from me up here in City Island. We've uh -huh. been singing since I, we were 12 years old. Wow. So yeah. did you have a band when you were like a kid? We had a cappella. Wow. Yeah. And then I uh, went in the Navy. I even did a cappella in the Navy. This is funny. You're making me think about all this stuff. Oh, come on. This is yeah, great. So, yeah. Navy, we were doing thank, thank you, veteran. Yeah. Yes. So, so you were doing a cappella. So, what did you want to? Was your aspiration to be a singer in a band? My aspiration was to be an actor. But you didn't do that for a while, right? Yeah. As soon as I got out of the service, I went to Pace College on the GI Bill and I studied acting. So well, how did you make a turn? Did you I do couldn't it? get a job to save my soul? <laughs> so I just stayed in the bar business. And I stayed in the bar business for 25 years. And then Pat finally I said, I want to be an actor. Hat wait, how did you open your own club? How did you get the money to open your own club? From my divorce. Why you write my life story now? I am. I'm right. I'm a writer. Well, we I got divorced. I me and, me and my ex-wife got divorced. Uh, I had uh, uh, we sold a house and we gave money to my daughter and we gave them. You know, and we're all together still now. We, we, you know, we love each other. It's a family. We grew up. And uh, and I had money and I was working for Lewis at Peachtree's in New Rochelle. And Lewis helped me. He says, "Why don't you manage Peachtree so you you'll know how to run your own joint." So he said, you won't make as money as you will be a bartender. So what happened is that um, uh, I bought the Crazy Horse for $500. What? Because it, it was a condemned. It was a condemned uh, place. Wow. And I called up my partners, and we had 30000 in the kitty. And I said, I just bought a bar for $500. They said, what? <laughs> and I opened up the door, and they were throwing up and everything. And we gutted it out. And we got it open for thirty-five thousand dollars. Unbelievable. Yeah, we went up. Did you, we, did and, you get money we, right away? Uh, well, I was doing country music for a while, and that didn't work. It, I started making money when I did rock and roll. You That's know? so funny. Yeah, I was doing uh, Buddy Miller Band with Sean Colvin. Sean wasn't even a starter. Lincoln was playing. The, the country music wasn't going over that well. It was a fad, you know. You know, when I started at the Rock and Roll Cafe, he was booking rock. He was build, booking rock. Uh, um, he was country rock. And yeah. I came in and brought in straight rock and roll. And the rock and roll is what brought the people. Yeah, because they drink more. <laughs> it's like on Sunday nights, I used to have jazz, right? And um, yeah. they just they sit around with Perrier, you know. <laughs> That's no fun. You know, you know when, you, when, but when you do Southern rock, then they're drinking, they're drinking the bourbon. Oh yeah, Southern. Yeah, they're crazy, you know. <laughs> they're drinking tequila. 
So that if you, it depends when you run in a club, if, you know, it depends, you know, the best nights we had was the Tuesday night jam because I would hire three guys mm-hmm. and use usually Michael Ciro, Benny Harrison, those guys. Oh my God. Did. Benny played for me for years. <laughs> did? Yeah. I did a jam at the China club and it, Spodiotis and stuff, yeah. The one uptown? Yeah. That's when I used to hang out there with Benny, too. Of course. I'm t- we definitely bumped when into each other. We ever got high together. <laughs> In the bathroom. Oh, my Say God. <laughs> so, all right. So, did you did you introduce the acts? Were you on the stage at, the, at your... No, at I had your- a DJ booth in back of the stage. So, so right, I have so, my own DJ booth. So I would play records and then yeah. I would introduce the band. So you hit record, you, there was no jukebox in my place. It was a DJ and then rock and roll and then, you know, music live back and forth. I just Maddie thought of Dillon who I used to, Everybody used to uh, be my guest DJ too. I bet Maddie you know Dillon. Richard Vettieri. Do you know Richard Vettieri? Let's say no Richard. I did, um, I did his play Kids Menu. We made a movie out of it. How do you know Richard? I went out with Richard in 1988. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a small world. Okay, oh, you, you were an actor. I was uh, an actor, then a comedian, then a rock and roll promoter, and and uh, I yeah, I did that all through the 80s and the. Early How many 90s. some of the uh, music the bands that you promoted? So so I used to book uh, Tommy Burns, who went on to go with Billy Joel. He's been his guy forever. I booked, um, oh my God, I booked, oh, Benny. I, bu- I booked Mason Reese. I booked, um, I booked everybody. <laughs> I booked Steve Mason Conti. Mason used to come up to my club once in a while. All those guys, they're, yeah. But he was um, he good? He was a drummer, but he I kept, break- he kept breaking his legs because he was fragile. So he would have a lot of trouble. But Benny was in his band, Benny and the Spiders and Mason was the drummer. <laughs> yeah. Phoebe Snow used to sing at my club and and uh, yeah, those were the well, days. My drummer, Charlie Powers, who was just here today working on my rail because he also works in my house, played drums for Phoebe. Oh, I loved Phoebe. You know, Tommy McDonald, Tommy McDonald. He sings with the Blues Brothers. So do you know the Baron? I don't my know the Baron. player. You don't know the Baron? Oh, those are my guys. Al Olof, those are my guys. So tell me about uh, gang. Tell me about Gangster Squad. Tell me. Well, what- you know, it started off where when I was doing Bolts Over Broadway, uh, me and Nikki Guterro, which I the- saw you in, by the way, and you were phenomenal. Go ahead. Thank you. You were. I was scared. Shit. I was. I was front row. You were phenomenal. You were front row. I was front row. And you saw me come out of the ground at the top of the show. <laughs> You know, did, was Woody there? Like, was was did Woody yeah, ever give I, you? No- he used to sit he, up in the last row, come in, yeah. and sneak out. And did he give you notes? Did he ever tell you he anything? Would, he would give the notes to Susan on a yellow <laughs> pad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Susan would sit in front of him, and Woody would sit back about three aisles back with his uh, his his girlfriend, wife. You know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, oh, Suni, it was Suni. Yeah, she would sit with him every day. And uh, that's wow. when he was through a lot of shit. And Susan, and Susan would be given the notes. And she said, these are Woody's notes. And you want to say, he's sitting there. Why can't he give me the notes himself? 
So, so I, I went for a cattle call in front of Woody in like 1978. And then I waited on him at Maxwell's Plum and he flirted with me, but he didn't give me a part. For what, for what movie? God, I don't, it was like 1970. I don't even remember. It was just oh, a cattle back, call. Back was, then? Oh, yeah. I did, I did a lot of extra work uh, for Woody. I, I want to talk to you about that because I heard you say that you did a lot of extra work and that yeah. you would use initiative and you would talk. Yeah, I would. So, I called myself the Upgrade King. So I was in the first uh, Buddy Young Jr. sketch with Billy Crystal on Saturday Night Live and he upgraded me because I said, you look marvelous. But it ended up on the cutting room floor. Every time I got upgraded, uh, it ended up on the cutting room floor. So tell me, did you were you able... To get your SAG card by talking as an expert? No, I, I had my SAG card. I got it from um, uh, Joy Todd. Uh, put me oh, wow, in, yeah. She put me in an ABC Sunday night special with uh -huh. a called Gideon Oliver. That's where I met Tony Lip. And I had one line. I said, he's here. And that's how <laughs> I got my, that's that's I got my all, He's here. That's, that's all. Christmas is a union. Well, okay, I'm in the union now. And then I and then and then I would go on a day. I was watching a movie the other night starring James Gandolfini. Oh. And Andy Garcia's Six Ways to Sunday. Yeah. And I did it, and I had a I had a nice little bit. And I said, you know, you were working with Jimmy back then. Well, whoever knew it would come together. I was I was a day player. Wow. You know, whoever knew it would come full circle that we would become Pussy and, and Tony Soprano. <laughs> I, okay, I have to tell you, um, I saw everything in real time. I never missed a Sopranos. There was no way. And I watched it, it was 20 years ago, and yeah. I completely forgot that you get whacked. And to me, you were... No, because to me, when I think of the Sopranos, I think of you, I think of Sharifa, I think of yeah. Michael, I think of, yeah. Jay, you know, I think of all of you, and I never thought of you as going away. Yeah. And you, because you're such a major part of that show well we we were the original we were in the pilot you know we did the pilot the pilot became episode number one we shot the pilot it was hot it was in august i remember me and michael talk about it all the time and and um it wasn't even in uh um carney it was in elizabeth new jersey and then they moved the location wow. to um to carney and then built a lot of in 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 the sets in the studio and Silver Cup. In fact, season two, yeah. Jimmy came up to me and said, you know, they built your house in the studio. I mean, they're going to give you a lot of work. In other words, instead of me going out to Jersey City all the time to right. shoot the scenes, and we had to rent this house, they says, okay, Big Pussy's got a big season coming up. So I would go to Silver Cup, and I had my, my house there. So the scene where I'm in the bed, when I go down the steps, or when I when I'm trying the bathroom, trying to shave, the what that was all down in the studio, and even the boat was down in the studio. Wow, the you know that we talk about that this on stage with me and Sharipa. They laugh. Are, are you guys? I want you guys to come to LA so I can come see it. We want to come to LA. Yeah, you got to come to LA. Um, Michael's yeah, Michael's performing. LA Michael's, would love this show. Michael's performing in, in LA. What? Michael's, Michael's, he's performed in my living room twice. What his band? No, reading. And I had a salon, a literary salon, and he performed here. But I have, I have music. The the Howard Kalin and Mickey Dolan's performed in my living room. You gotta come. 
<laughs> when the when the pandemic's over. All right. No, wait. Uh, I don't want to hit pandemic. No. No, I I know you think I'm I'm still COVID crazy, but I wear my mask when I go out. But I'm moving forward. I'm doing plays downtown. I'm going. I'm I'm back to work. I got a great movie coming out. You're gonna love this. Uh, Tell me. It's uh, uh, with Armand Desanti. No, I did that no. with Don Q. But I want to talk to you about this movie I did called Spinning Gold. And it's the, it's the story of Neil Bogart in Casablanca Records. Who ever thought that I would be in that movie because I used to spin Casablanca Records? That's crazy. Is that I used to spin is, is Jeremy Jordan playing the lead in that role? Yeah, movie? he's great. My daughter he's, loves him. Yep. He's a sweetheart. He's great. When is that coming out? Uh, Timmy had me do some. Timmy Bogart had me do some ADR work up the street here. I don't know, we got our own studio in here on City Island, and he said, "Vinny, I think I'm going to try to get this." He don't want to cut. He don't want to edit. It. He's got four hours. Oh my gosh! See, he shot a lot of stuff in Canada pre-pandemic, and then he went to Jersey and Carney and did a studio, and he did all this stuff with the blue screen, where you think I'm in L.A. You think I'm because in L.A. when I beat up uh, Neil. Right. I, said, I don't want to come back to this town. I hate LA. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let me get you that line. What's your who's your character? What's your character in this? I run the casino and he keeps borrowing money from me. And he keeps but and I, I think he's gonna invest it into his shows and he gambles it and he keeps owing me and owing me and owing me. Are you like are he, you like are he, you are yeah, you a bad? wise guy? Because the casinos were owned by the mob back then. All right, I want to talk to you about that. Were you ever a wise guy? No, my father uh, ran numbers, but that's nothing. I mean, you know, paper bag stuff. Was it was it ever a temptation? No, no, no. Can I tell you something? I mean, I love, I'm loving this conversation. I always wanted to be an actor. You know. Okay, so let's obstacles. talk about how you. I had obstacles. You couldn't, you couldn't become an actor coming from a rough ghetto neighborhood in her shell, a, a, a time. I mean, the Jewish girls, their mothers wouldn't even let me go out with them. <laughs> I was one of those Jewish girls, but all my boyfriends were named Vinny. <laughs> I couldn't go out with you. <laughs> my, my girlfriend was Nyberg and I couldn't go out with her. <laughs> I used to send my friend uh, Tommy Finn over to pick her up. <laughs> Are you serious? She was Irish. I swear to God. And I'm playing with my band up at Daryl's house. My last birthday, we go up there every year. Uh -huh. So I'm playing at Daryl's house last last year for my 75th. And wow. Karen's in the audience with his sister. So I sang. I sang to her. We're a win. And I sang to Aww. her. And then at the end of the show, she came backstage and she sat down and I kissed and she kissed me. You know, I don't care if she's a grandmother. You know, I don't care as long as her husband don't find out. Oh, if her husband <laughs> is the show, I'm not talking to her. <laughs> I just saw the episode. All right, I started binging The Sopranos again because I haven't seen it in all those years. My daughter and her. You gotta cut that part. I talked about Karen. She's gonna I get can't. We're live, honey. We have no net. You're fucked. Um, so I, I just watched the one last night where Tony starts to fool around with Adriana and they have a car accident. Talk about bad things. <laughs> Talk about fooling around with the wrong person. Anyway, all right. So. Tell me how you became. I don't think Adriana. I don't think she's dead. I don't think Sylvia shot her. Do, I do talk you... to Stephen about that all the time. I said you didn't kill her. 
Do you think Tony's did? Tony? No. No. You don't think he got whacked at the end of no, the last episode? Nobody would ever do that. Come in and shoot you in front of everybody while you're eating cheeseburgers. <laughs> it was David's way of ending it in case he ever wanted to bring it back. He admits it. Really? He said he, said he was going to bring my ass back. I was waiting he for said, that. He said to me over He did dinner. bring you back a little bit. You were going Yeah, no, but he said dinner. to me over dinner, because we were having dinner one night. And it was me, Tony Sirico, mm -hmm. Jimmy, uh, little Steven, uh, Max Weinberg. Oh my and, god. Uh, and and David. And we were there, was Steven's mother passed away, and we were eating at uh Maureen's sister's restaurant. And and David said, So are you ready to go back to work to Jimmy? And Jimmy said, I got this thing with Fox. I don't know what they were talking about. And he looked at David and he said, you're bringing Vinny back, right? And David said, yeah, we're working it out. And I don't know what they're talking about. And then Jimmy told me they were going to bring it back that he dreamt all that shit. Wow. And then I went into witness protection. So that's the way this guy was writing. But then we lost Jimmy, you know? And then they went backwards, you know? They went backwards. With, Did you uh, know Laura Somoza? Who? Laura Somoza. She was Jimmy's girlfriend. Did you know her? She was his acting assistant. I don't know. She was his girlfriend. She was, his, was girlfriend. his girlfriend. A year, maybe after The Sopranos. Yeah. There's hundreds of pictures of them together. Hundreds. Yeah. Really. I'm going to well, say. I don't you. want to talk about he had a gumad. <laughs> He had a she also was Michael uh, O'Keefe's girlfriend for a while. Anyway, oh, see, we, 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 we know too many of the same people. So uh, wait, we got to get back to the acting question. But when did you know? Did you know they were going to kill you, pussy? Did you? When did you find how how much in advance did you know they were going to kill you? A year. Oh, that had a suck. Yeah, because every time you go to work, you pick up the script. You wonder if you're going to get killed. Oh and he waited God. and he held it off till the last episode, which was oh. genius. He treated yeah. me right. I got no complaints with David Chase. I wouldn't be on this talk show with you tonight or podcast if it wasn't for The Sopranos. Yeah. You know, yeah. This, that's, yeah. What, that's what changed everybody's life. I mean, I was Absolutely. working before that. So was Jimmy. Uh, everybody was, but that changed everybody's life. So, t all right. So tell me how you became an actor. So you... You're in this, you're running this, you have this. No, well, how did I become an actor? It's like, you know, okay, I teach acting now. So are my yes. students in my class actors? Yes. Why? Because they're learning the craft. So right. how do you become an actor? Well, you start to study. You don't have to have a union card. You have to start oh. doing work. Absolutely. But when did you make the decision? Okay, now I'm going to pursue this. This is going to be my life. I think when I was having problems with my marriage because I was having the conflict of running a bus terminal in White Plains, New York, and maybe going on vacation two weeks out of a whole year and getting up at six o'clock in the morning and coming wow. home, then to becoming an actor. And I started doing community theater and my wife said to me, you put more time into community theater than you're never home. And I said, well, that's what I always loved. She says, well, if you want to be an actor, go. And we started having problems. Mm. And then I became an actor. And the biggest joy I had in my life is when I took my daughter to the Sopranos premieres. Aww. You know, and I introduced Renee, my daughter, to Bruce. 
she was holding Bruce's jacket one night. You know, <laughs> that's my life now, you know, uh, yeah. with Stephen and everything, you know, and that's my life now. And, and, and uh, I don't have any regrets except that I wish I was smart enough to keep my marriage together and still be an actor. Mm. You know, you what, make was, it, what was wrong? No, what, what uh, I, I, I totally. Yeah, no, because, they, because when you want to become an artist, any kind of an artist, you mm. have to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. you got, you're not making any money. You're putting out. These kids who study with me in school, they're laying yep. out my classes, headshots, transportation. I did it. I know. I did all that. You yes. Know? So, okay. So what was your first professional gig where you got paid? I got paid? Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> the black, the black, what? It was a horror movie. Yeah. I got $300. Okay, and so watch something, me. and then I did True Love with Aunt Annabella and Nancy, and we won right. awards. And then I started doing, you know, Goodfellas. Um, but so anyway, give, give me an example of when you were on a set and you were an extra and you did something to get yourself upgraded. What, what would you do? Give me an example. Well, you have to know the script. Okay, you got to know what's going on. You just right. can't open. You know, like okay. Um, when I was working on, uh, when I was working with Bobby on uh, De Niro on um, uh, the boxing movie, what was that called? Uh, Raging Bull. No, not Raging no. Bull. It was it was with uh, Jessica Lange, and oh. it was a re it was a remake. Yeah, um, he, was, he was an ambulance chaser, De Niro. Right. And I, and, and yeah. It, yeah, I was working over at the at the gym on Forty Second Street, and uh, and uh, Todd Thaler said, "Vinny, you're gonna you're gonna do off camera line. He's gonna go to the phone, and you're gonna be the guy talking to him on the, the other end of the phone. He's gonna say, where's Ruth?' And blah blah blah.' And I yell out, he's in the hospital, off camera. So what happens? I get hired. So right. uh, I get I get hired." uh by uh the director the guy um who directed the rocky whatever his name was i forgot and i get hired and i go to wardrobe and right. they said what are you coming to wardrobe for i says uh, just in case you need me on camera <laughs> so now uh after bobby does that thing i stayed on the room and as he walked around the room because he walks around the room checking out all the boxes i stayed in back of him about three feet and I just kept walking and, and I'm in every goddamn scene. And then when they said, cut, we're walking on the steps. And I turned, I said, Bobby, thanks for the day. He said, where are you going? I said, I'm going home. I only have one day's work. He kept me on the set all week. Nice. That's Bobby. Nice. He did the same thing in Brownstale. He did the same thing in Awakenings. In Awakenings, wow. I had no lines. Penny gave me an upgrade and Bobby said, he's going to be my bodyguard. The same thing in well, Goodfellas, I was hired. But the great story uh, is Carlito's Way. Because in Carlito's Way, Bonnie Timmerman was casting Carlito's Way. And I went up to our office to audition for a role that went to Joe Savario, who just recently passed away, the role of Vinny. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get that. So now I get a call from Sylvia Faye. Vinny, you want to do extra work? I see you. Why not? Uh, Carlito's Way. So first time I was working was the scene 
down on Sixth Avenue with De Niro, not De Niro, Pacino's on the roof with the garbage can on his head and he's looking at Penelope Miller dancing, Valerie. I'm one of the cab drivers go up and down the street. In fact, I will never forget Tony Sirico comes down the street from Mary Lou's. Remember Mary Lou's? Yeah, sure. And he comes down the street and he knocks on the window. He's, what are you doing in there? What are you doing driving a cab? You're better than that. I said, I'm making a living. I'm making three hundred dollars tonight. Get out of the cab. I said, I'm not getting out of this cab. So what happened is I got a phone call from Mar Marty's office. Uh, who was it? Bregman. Who was Michael? M Martin. Said, Vinny, Michael Bregman. Yeah. He says, "This is Michael Vinny. Uh, Michael. He wants you in the Copa scene. Were you in this movie yet?" I said, "No." He says, you weren't in this movie? I said, no, because I know they didn't see me in the cab. So we go up and and, and, and and the old man says, you guys are sitting at that table and, and Sean's going to make a reaction to the dance. He's going to call McGinney. And I says, oh, what do we do? Oh, you don't do nothing. You just sit there. I said, we don't do nothing. He calls him again. You sit there. So, so Brian De Palma says, action. And I go running across the floor. I said, who are you calling McGinney? And Brian says, oh. <laughs> Who's that guy? Who told him to do that? And I was, they, they said, get him off the set. And I swear to God, Al Pacino says, no, it worked. Keep it. And Brian, wow. said, Brian said, well, let them all run from the table. And they all ran from the table. It was me, Tony, uh, uh, Tony Cucci, uh, my cousin Gary Pastor. We all got upgraded. So they used to call me the upgrade king. Can't do that no more. So, so, no so more. how did you transition? You can't do it anymore. No, that's right off the set. I did the same so, thing on that movie. It could happen to you. I was a bowler, and I was I was given I was doing lines, <laughs> walking up to get my check. Hey, I can't wait to get my check. And um, and Henry Bronstein, who was the AD, who became a producer on The Sopranos, told him, "said Shut up." I said, "What?" <laughs> He said, you're not supposed to talk. So I shut up. And then Andrew Bregman came over and he says, where was that great dialogue from before? I said, he told me not to talk. He says, uh, give yeah. him a, let him talk, give them all contracts, give them what they want. And we all got contracts and we got trailers. I was the upgrade king. I swear to God, I'm not making this up. Wow. Wow. I all right. So how did you make the transition from being an extra to now getting cast in a role? Well, on Law and Order, I was doing extra work all of a sudden. They started giving me day players and they gave me a principal in one episode. Um, uh, New York Undercover, they saw my work. I was doing extra work. They, they gave me a couple of principals. I did one uh, episode with Jeffrey Wright. So it was like working my way up. But then when I did Jerky Boys, uh, with Alan Arkin, uh, it was a co-starring role, and my agent Robert Adaman, who I've been with for 25 years, said to me, "Fantastic." He said, "Now you're on your way," because you, wow. you covered a movie. And so, once you got that, what did did the move did the work start to fall into place? Yeah, because I wound up getting Gotti, and then I got Sopranos. All right, uh, let's talk about that. Let's talk about Gotti. I got I started getting bigger roles. Yeah. Let's talk about Gotti because that was an unbelievable. Unbelievable film, just yeah. uh, Armand Desante, amazing. So was that a thrilling project to work on? I imagine it must have been. Well, yeah, and I, you know, and I, and I, and I tell you, um, 
that I never forget. We were flying from LaGuardia to Toronto. I was sitting next to Tony Sirico. And he said, this is going to be the role of your life. You're playing Angelo. Because they all knew who Angelo was. Mm. I didn't know. I grew up in Urshel. I knew the guy was. <laughs> but I did my research. And, and Amon, even though Robert Harmon, the director, said it's your role, I had to get approval from Amon. And I think Armand had to get approval from somebody because when we were filming up in Canada, Ruggiero's uh, family came up and they, they told me, we love what you're doing. Just, we, we were making these guys look good. Wow. Wow. So did, did you, you must have known gangster, you must have known mafioso in your business. What, what was Oh, you being mean being in the club? In, yeah, being yeah, in the club. Yeah, it's in my play. Uh, uh, people like Carmine Smash, and you know, he would come in and shake everybody down. We knew about it, but they didn't bother us. They didn't bother us. Does it even exist anymore? I mean, I remember, you know, I used to go down to Umberto's in the in the seventies and eighties. I mean, it, they every they were everywhere. Does it still exist anymore? Is there? Uh, a reading, uh, you know, I'm doing research because I'm doing View from the Bridge. I'm doing research on the docks. And they're investigating the docks still. Here it is, 2022. Really? And they said the waterfront's still corrupt. And it's wow. run by the mob. It's run by the Giganti family. Were you friends with any mobsters? Uh, Pelham Bay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Pelham Bay and Arthur Avenue. Because, you know, you know, a lot of the guys that worked in Harlem lived in New Rochelle. They lived in New Rochelle. They lived in mm -hmm. Washington. There was an FBI office in New Rochelle on the seventh floor. And they they, you know, a lot of a lot of the wise guys lived in New Rochelle. So yes, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And who mm -hmm. gave my father permission to go around? He used to go around and do the Sunday afternoon football bets. That was illegal back then, you know, it was before everything became legal. And my father used to loan money out, you know, to people like we ran the clubs and right. was your father? I says he's working Wednesday. I know what he was doing. He would loan guys money and they pay him back. He used to loan my friend Richie Palmer, uh, who's out in LA. Richie, Mulberry Street Pizza. He used to loan Richie money every Wednesday night. And I don't know what he did with it, but he paid back daddy on Saturday. Richie. <laughs> you know Richie? I don't know Richie, but you I know, know Mulberry. I, I, yes, I do know Mulberry Street Pizza. pizza. Yeah, 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 Richie, yeah. Richie was there with Kathy Moriarty for years. Kathy just became a friend of mine. We just started talking on Facebook. She's going to do my show. I love Kathy. Tell her, tell her you were with me. Tell her I love her. She's my she, sister. She already loved, like, the post. Well, I posted on Facebook. Kathy was one of the first people to, when she saw you were on, to love so it. We, so we're working in Peachtree's. Mm -hmm. uh, it was 1979. Oh, my God. Me and Brian and Kathy comes in late at night. And she says, what, what time are you guys closing up? I said, I don't know. We're going to be here for a while. Well, she says, I got to stay up all night. I says, why? She said, I'm shooting a scene over at the golf course on City Island with, with Bobby. And she stayed up all night, hung out with me and Brian. She went to work. She shot that scene right down the street from me. There's a little um, a little picture of her, like they shot on this on the, the putting thing, you know? And, yeah. And, you know, the whole thing with Raging Bull is, you know, we knew Frank. We knew Frank Vincent from being a nightclub guy with Joe Pesci. No, right. Sony, the movie with Pesci. So those were, were, were some of the guys that inspired me. I, you know, Frank Vincent inspired me. Absolutely. To be an actor. And when I worked, I worked 11 movies with him. 
Wow. And I said to Frankie, I said, you know, I'm sitting in my bar one night with Matt Dillon and Kevin. We're watching Public Rented Village. And Maddie said, you could you could do that kind of work. Eric Roberts is a friend. Oh, what a great movie that is. So Eric Roberts is your friend? Yeah, he is. He's a sweetheart. I love him. He is a sweetheart, and his wife is too. So I heard that Kevin and Matt Dillon were very instrumental in you becoming an actor. Is that yeah, so? Yeah, right. well, it's Kevin. It was Kevin more than Maddie? Uh, Maddie said uh, to Kevin, "Take care of Vinny, help him out." And actually, Kevin and I uh, were in Saudi Arabia pre-pandemic. Uh, we, yeah, we were out there with that Comic Fest. Wow. Comic Con. Yeah. Uh, he was with Entourage. I was with uh, The Sopranos, me, Federico, Johnny Sachs. And they were, everybody was out there. Uh, Lou Ferrigno, everybody, uh, William Shantner. So Kevin would say, because we weren't allowed to go out. So we go back to the hotel. We couldn't go out at night. We go back to the hotel. We're having hamburgers. Couldn't even drink. And Kevin would say, I discovered Vinny. And he <laughs> was talking about it on his podcast. Didn't I? So he's proud of me. So how how did how did he encourage you? What was that? What was he, that about? He set up an appointment. He was going to. He said, oh. "You got an appointment with my manager." I said, "To do what?" I was mopping the floor of my bar. He <laughs> says, "Today." I <laughs> says, "What?" So I says, "I hopped in a cab. I was broke. I went down there. I went upstairs. The guy says, the only reason why you're here is because Kevin Dillon asked you to come in. But you don't know what you're doing.'" And I went home. I was heartbroken. Kevin called me. How'd you make out? He called me from Toronto. I says, "I fell on my face." He says. He said, I'll call you tomorrow. He called me back the next day. He says, you got to go learn a monologue, get some headshots. I'll see you in a month. I said, okay, Kev. Wow. I went in the second time. Charlie Massey said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go down the corner, go to NYU, go down in the basement, and start doing student films. Wow. I did a bunch of those, too. But you, And you studied at HB, which you now teach at, but yeah. also with Bill Hickey. And Bill I, Hickey. Heard you, I heard you say that it's being an actor is like being a boxer. You have to train. And right. so you take your training. You took your training seriously is what I got from that. Yeah. Um, well, after I worked with Bill and Michael Beckett and I wound up working on Bill's TV show, he was doing a TV show in Hoboken. And I wound up and Billy gave me, Billy took about an upgrade. He used to put me in all the scenes with him, Mr. Hickey. Wow. He was amazed. Did he have the coffee cup in front of him? <laughs> Always. What was in the coffee cup? <laughs> um, imagining it was something a little potent. <laughs> yeah, to keep him going. I used to yeah. study him sad, but I love Michael. But then I went, and um, it's ironic. I went to see American Buffalo, uh -huh. a circle in the square with Al wow. and Tommy Waits and J.J. Johnson. And I went next door to Kenny's after the show. And I was hanging out, and in comes the guy who played Bobby uh, with a guitar over his shoulder was Tommy Waits, Tommy G. Waits. And I said, hey, didn't I just see you next door playing Bobby? He said, yeah, who are you? I said, I'm Vinny. He said, Vinny, uh, never show. He says, are you Vinny from the crazy? I said, how'd you hear about me? He said, I was going to get in touch with you. I got a band. I want to play there. I said, what? <laughs> and me and Tommy became good friends. He became my acting coach, my acting what? Wow. When I worked on Sopranos, when I died and everything, he was right next to me. Wow. All right. So tell me. So tell us. How the hell, how did you get the Sopranos? What was that process like? Obviously, you auditioned, I assume. Yeah. Uh, because of uh, Gotti, it was a hit. Right. HBO, right. They brought those actors in first. Me, Tony, Sirico, Dominic, Frankie Pellegrino, all those people. 
Ray Sarah, all these guys came in and, and uh, Frank Vincent, we all auditioned. See, like Frank auditioned from day one and David kept saying, I don't have nothing yet, but I'm gonna give you some. And then years later, he gave him uh, Phil Leotardo, you know? So he kept his promise to a lot of people. Same thing and with Riviata, you know? I heard that Riviata was supposed to be on The Sopranos, but he wound up saving him. He's in the Many Saints of Newark. David's a good guy. Did you know, did you guys know when you were shooting the pilot? Like, I just, I'm, I'm watching it again from this, from scratch. The pilot oh. was very confusing to me I know. watching we it didn't think, we, we didn't think it was, what was that about? It was, it was kind with of. The we didn't get, I think this is a gangster show. <laughs> so. Even Jimmy you, didn't get it. I think a lot of people didn't get it, you know? And, and if you look at the pilot and then into the second episode of season one, it became more about the gangster family, you know, me and Sirico chasing after the kid, the, the teacher's car got stolen, all that comedy, you know, you know, going into the coffee place, you know, up until the, the end of the season with me where Sirico took me and told me to take off my shirt in the spa and I wouldn't take off my shirt. And then I was missing, you know. And then they killed the wrong guy. It's, it was a genius. It was, and it got so dark. I mean, I'm in season five now. It is so dark. Oh, my what's, God. What's going on season uh, five? Well, Tony and Adriana just had the car accident. And, and Michael thought that she was sucking his. And so Michael just beat the shit out of Adriana. And uh, it's it's so dark. And then Joey Pantaleone, Liano did my living room. He slept in my on my bed before. And I just watched the one where they cut his head off and he's Joey in the Pant. bowl. Yeah. Joey Pants and he's it's in the bowl. I mean, oh my God. It's and the one when he when he beats the shit out of the the the, the and I just heard him say in an interview that women came on to him after they saw him do that scene, which oh, is very, Joey. that's very upsetting, if that's true. That's really upsetting. That was a horrible scene. But so when did you know, okay, this is, this is the real deal? When in that first scene, when, when you were shooting, did, oh, did when you- Oh, when did we know that it was yeah. gonna mean something? Yeah. We were sitting in the West Bank Cafe. It was having lunch. It was me, Dominic, Tony Sirico. And Steve came over, the owner. He said, you guys see what they got down the corner? And we said, why? He said, go down the corner. And we walked down to the corner of 42nd and Broadway. Yeah. And it said, come in the Sopranos, HBO. And we were there on the whole wall, all the way up, the first marquee. And like it was like King Kong, you know? <laughs> What is this? And what happened is that David, we had to shoot all of the first season before anybody even saw it. Wow. Not like, not like if we weren't worked on, you know, like Law and Order. Right. Now it's on two months from now. No, they waited. And then we were, had a break, uh, like a year in between each episode. And then by the time the episode was done and went on, so that's why sometimes you people didn't see it for two years. Right, right. There were a lot of that. He wouldn't give it to HBO until the whole season was in the can. Then he would turn it over. Do you know when I was going to die? Nobody knew I was going to die. He wouldn't release it to any publications, the uh, TV guide, nobody. 
I'm down the corner. I didn't have the house then. I had my apartment. I'm upstairs with this girl I was seeing and my friend Stormy, who was uh, actually worked for Daryl and John. And, and, and we're sitting there. And I had the New York Post on one side and the Daily News on the next side. They did not know what was going to happen on my TV screen. And the next day, I made two-page story in the New York Post, Big Pussy's Dead. Oh my God. That had to be a heartbreak though to to get whacked on there. No? No, because it wasn't that big yet. Oh when they killed really? me. They they killed me. They were only showing the first season. And then when wow. I was dead, they showed the second season. After they showed the second season, it blew up. And everybody got a raise. And I I couldn't get a raise because I was no longer on the show. But you did get a SAG award. Oh, I got it right here. <laughs> there you go. So, okay. So, but, but you still stayed part of that Sopranos family, obviously, because you're still so entwined with all of them to this day. Yeah, of course. Okay. So what happened after the Sopranos for you? Uh, I went to LA, I did Deuces Wild, I did Maid, I did The Hurricane, I did, uh, I went to um, Guatemala with Ben Gazzara, I met Talia Shire, we oh. did Looking for Paladin, Talia and I kind of, you know, and then we did another movie, Me ah. and Two Pieces <laughs> in LA, uh, I love Talia, um, mm. uh, Servant Sarah with Matthew Perry, uh -huh. you know, um, I, I, I just started working, you know. And you were, and you've worked a lot. Practice. Oh, I went to L. I went to I went to uh, Guy Ritchie's movie Revolver, which is over here. See Revolver? Uh, yes. I did that in London with Guy. You know? How was that? Was he with Madonna then? Was he? Yeah, with, yeah, Mad, yeah, 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 yeah. I call him Mad. See, you, you know, Mad. she was friends <laughs> with Debbie. Debbie uh, Mazar, yeah, sure. Makeup person, she was Debbie was her makeup person. So Debbie was uh, Madonna or Madge's good friend, right? You know, and um, so when you go to work with somebody and they know somebody, they're a little they're a little more comfortable. Hey, Vinny, how you doing? I'm friends with Debbie. Debbie said to say hi. So I know Debbie loves you. Boom. You yeah. know, uh, I remember when we had the premiere of Revolver at the Gramercy down in the city and I took my ex-wife Nancy and uh I said to uh Madge I said this is Nancy she's my ex-wife she says you took your ex-wife to your premiere <laughs> she's standing right there I said yeah why she says why don't you just guys just get married again I said where's your husband and I walked away and I left uh my ex-wife talking to Madonna and they were talking and I said to her later what did you guys talk about she says I didn't know she was such a great person. I said, she's a human being. Come on. Okay, but wait, but in the 70s, in, in the 70s, in, in the early 80s, I did an SNL, I was an extra for the Madonna and Sean Penn wedding. They did a takeoff with the helicopters and everything. And we were told not to look at her in the eye. That, seriously. We she were was not on Saturday Night Live? Yeah, she was. She and they, you were told not to look at uh, her in the eyes. Not to look at her in the eyes. That's when she was married to Sean Penn. So that was eighty. Yeah, that's when I was doing State of Grace. I was doing extra work, and I got an upgrade on that too. So did I. I became Sean Penn's aunt 
In the, Where? On Stated in, Grace? No, in SNL on the sketch. <laughs> I was his, his aunt, but I got cut on that one too because it wasn't in the original thing. Every time oh. they upgraded me, it didn't work. But I like Sean a lot. I mean, he's always he was close with Jimmy. And when we used to go to LA to the peninsula for award shows and stuff, Sean would come over and we would sit around and we'd drink all night. See, Leo Penn was, I think he had something to do with Jimmy where they used to play cards and stuff. They were close, you know. Um, but Sean's a good guy. I, I remember I was staying at um the the was it Fairmont? Is it the Fairmont in uh, Santa Monica? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah, we were staying there for serving Sarah, and they and you know they put us up there and yeah. for my daughter. And I and I got in late, and I go to the back. Uh, I go to check in, and I see get the keys in my car, and they gave me keys to. I said, whose car is this? This ain't my. They said that car right there. I said that ain't my car. They said, oh, it's Sean's car. That's how I knew Sean was there. I said, well, don't give me Sean Penn's car. I don't want to. <laughs> so I go out. My daughter's sitting there with my publicist. And she said, Daddy, Sean's here. I said, yeah, I know. He almost gave me his car. So he was staying in the back at the bungalows. And he was doing a music video to come in. And he came and sat down. And he talked to my daughter. And and, she, and he walked away. I said, bye, Sean. And, and, you know, I mean, I was friends with his brother, Chris. You know, oh, and this I, was and, a great actor too. Oh, I did um, Corky Romano with Chris. You know, and I said to, I told my daughter, and she learned her. I said, these people are regular people. You know, they're artists, man. You know, you see movies like Colors and stuff where she, you could see Sean working. I love, you know, one of my favorite Sean movies is At Close Range with Christopher. Fabulous movie. And Madonna did the music. Wow, I don't even remember that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Isn't it so, nice talking? I feel like I'm talking. This is a feel, nice conversation. Thank it you. is a nice conversation. I'm enjoying, you know, I was a little intimidated because I was reached I out you to naked before. <laughs> Why don't you tell your audience I, I, I peeked in too early? No, we both got on early at the same time, and I was in my pajamas still with no makeup on. Oh, yeah, yeah. But no, it does. If I feel like I know you forever, because we know like a million of the same, same people. people. Benny. <laughs> no, no. Benny. It's great, Benny. Benny. Oh, my God. Benny I played just... in my bar in 1981 with Street Kid. Benny says uh, that I, I started his career. I love uh... Benny. You know, he, he played for me, 86, he played for me. But I just saw him at Nam, like right before the pandemic, I saw Benny. I hadn't seen him in years. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. Do you still see him? He plays with my band. See, the Gangster Squad could be anybody. I see. It's like a jam band. That's who I was, who I, well, if I can't get the main guys, then I call it like Ivan plays with me on bass and Al Olo and Timmy Curtin and all these different guys, you know, and I grab a lot of guys from Jersey now when I get my Jersey gigs. Sammy, uh, you know, you know, I, that's what you got to do. Okay, so tell me how the singing and dancing, like how did you prepare to do Bullets Over Broadway? Had you studied musical theater? Had you done musical I theater? Did, yeah, I did some musical theater at Nourishell, community theater. But like what, Susan, what, what had what? you done? In, what, what, because I was like in Fiddler on the Roof and all, what, what did you do? It, what did you do in, in musical theater? What shows did you do? Fiddler on the Roof, first oh. job. <laughs> the I, Russian piano. <laughs> I was Pacific, the youngest daughter. South Pacific. 
Anything Ooh, goes. I was smelling fresh. <laughs> South Pacific, anything goes. Uh, guys and Dolls. Oh, yeah. Uh, I could see you in that. Love Angry Man was my first dramatic play. Wow. I was so, the what? I was the ahead, what? study, and then I worked my way up there, too. How did you get Bullets Over Broadway? How the hell did that happen? You know, I was on the phone with Tony Darrow this morning. Yeah. It was, either, it was either Tony or me. And Tony Darrow uh, from wow. Goodfellas and Sopranos, he's a ball breaker. He called me up on Saturday morning, about 7 30 morning. He's Tony, I just talked to Woody. He said he's going to give it to you because you're fatter than me. I said, he didn't give it to me because I'm fatter than you. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> did, but did I was you, up against Tony, yeah. Did you sing in there? You had to sing. You had to. Your, you, yeah, of course. For you, your had audition. To. you had to go in and, and 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 be off book with the sides. Right. And you had to sing it, you know. What, what was your audition song for that? Do you remember? Well, you know, Tony Danza helped me because I auditioned for a Honeymoon in Vegas, the musical, and Tony called me up as soon as I left the audition room. He says, hey, blow it. Don't you know what you're doing? You got to come in with a three a medley of songs. You you, you didn't know. you. What did you do? I said, okay. <laughs> so then when I had bullets coming up, I said, Tony. He said, Vinny, prepare a medley of songs, three songs, knock it out, something that's on the same vein of the show. He said, and Good you advice. have to be, well, yes. And he says, and, and, and try to bring your own accompaniment, uh, your piano player. Wow. He said, because you work with those guys and they're going to work. So on my callback, my final callback, I'm sitting in the hallway. And Tony Darrow comes out and he says to me, you might as well go home. <laughs> and I said, oh. okay. He said, you might as well go home. Because he was close with Woody. He, he did all the Woody Allen movies. And he was in the original movie, Bullets on Broadway. So Tony, Tony, Tony had that role. But I went in there and I was more of this guy. And the guy, as you saw in the play, he's not supposed to be a, an attractive slick casino owner he's supposed to be like kind of a slob who's got this young girl <laughs> you know when you smile you look like bobby d anyone ever tell you that love makes me treat you the way that i do g baby ain't i good to you there's nothing too good that a girl wouldn't do g baby ain't i good to you i bought you uh you know bob that's the song wow yeah i <laughs> I, when I work with my guys, they say, how come you don't sing the songs from the shows that you did? I said, they don't want to hear that. Yeah, they do. You think so? I do. Oh, man, I did sell I, I think, uh, oh, and that's like the best song ever. Seven, I was, I was, I was saying that. I know. That's, I that's did it like with Aida. Yeah. You know, one night I was on stage on a Saturday night and I forgot all my words. I really did. I went up. And and I realized that the audience was sold out, but everybody was from Europe, so I really didn't. So I went off stage, and they were clapping. And the guy said to me, the stage manager, "What the hell was that?" I said, "They didn't get. They don't understand." What did you do? What did I you improvised. do? I made oh up. Oh my god! Because I went up. But you know what? Um, a lot of people went up on that show. It's a hard show. I saw Chicago. And we, and we, we came, me and Aida came out of a strike. It was a strike going on. We couldn't even work with the cast. Someone said, you're going on tonight. Wow. And boom. You know, so it was hard, you know. 
Um, wow. That's what it's about. Did it's you like, did you study dance? How did you how did you do all that? Because Mr. Sella, dance? did you study dance? Did you ever take dance classes? No. How did you work with Susan Stroman without ever taking a dance class? Because she's a teacher. Wow. She's a doll. Wow. She, you know? Wow. Well, you know, she could, we were riding around doing a lot of press together. And she said, Vinny, I auditioned every soprano on that show. Wow. Said, yeah, but I wanted you. That's the best. I love that yeah. story. So, all right. Yeah. So how did you start doing soap operas? And did you do, um, you did uh, Days One of Our Lives? One Life to Live. And General uh, Hospital. In LA. The one in LA. General Hospital. Hospital. And yeah. so what was that like for you? What was it like working on a it's soap hard. opera? It's Because it's every you day. Morning, they change the script on you. <laughs> Oh, wait, I, say, hey, I said, well, how am I going to learn this stuff while we're shooting at 2 o'clock? And you're stuck in your room learning the lines. All right, tell me. We started the interview with this conversation. How do you learn your lines? Do you have a trick? Do you have a secret? Uh, I write them down. Hmm. I learn my lines as a, a monologue first. And I don't look at the cues. And then I start bringing in the cues. I learn my lines as a monologue. I, 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 you know, I don't have to work on this until um uh april 24th or something but i got my guy coming over one of my students uh on saturday to help me learn it already because you, you got to be ready you yeah. how many takes are they going to give us you know what i mean you got to be ready mm -hmm. my hardest job i've had recently was uh hawaii 5 because what happened is that um that role was written for tony sirico and tony got sick and he couldn't oh. do it. So they said, okay, Vinny, you're up next. And then they gave it to Andrew Dice. I said, okay, I forgot about it. And I was down at the cutting room, my band and my agent come running in. And we're rocking all. He said, you're getting on a plane and we're going to LA. I said, what? He says, Andrew can't do it. You're doing it. I said, how am I going to learn all those lines now? Wow. And when I got to LA, the first thing they did is they put me through a man tan machine and I was fighting with the girl. And she said, I just did Bradley Cooper. I said, yeah, all right, but I didn't get no sleep. And I got to work on the moment. And then I got on the set and they gave me an easy scene, but I wasn't sharp. And the director said, are you having a problem? I said, yeah, I ain't slept all night, man. You know, I said, can we rehearse? He said, we don't have time to rehearse. I said, well, then you're going to get what wow. you get. And then wow. I, I was out there 19 days. And then by the end of the 19 days, they came up to me since I know how you work now. Wow, that's you know, a nice, that's a nice compliment. I got to be prepared. I can't just, I don't know how my students do it. I can't just learn something real. I got to work on it. I walk around with my script until you say action and I throw it down because, you know, I'm, I, I, I wasn't trained. Um, classically or any of that i i don't know that i mean when people say how do you teach i said well i teach this stuff i was, I was just gonna ask how, how do you what i teach what, the plays i teach the plays i know i know mamet i know clifford odets i know tennessee williams you know i'm working on beckett now you know i teach the plays i know mm -hmm. i say here guys this is what you're doing you're doing um on the waterfront you're doing uh, born yesterday i teach the plays i know you're doing shepherd did you, what happened during the pandemic? Did you stop teaching, or what? Did no, you me and Maureen went. We went viral. We went on Zoom. Me and Maureen Van Zandt. First thing we nice. did is Will Steven directed us, 
in a vignette, Love is Another Strangers. And I kept saying, Stephen, I can't work this way. I'm on Zoom. You gotta. I said, I don't, this is ridiculous. You're not off book. I says, well, how am I? Well, read that. So then I was put the line. We got it done. Um, then, Steve... Maureen, then Maureen says to me, uh, uh, you want to do streak? I said, yeah. I said, I'll direct you. And it took us nine months during the pandemic to put it together. Just wow. And then taped it. So then we did that. Now I'm doing View from the Bridge. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Maureen where, played the where are you doing that? We do it on Zoom. I can invite oh, you. Oh, yeah, invite me. I, the I, next I, performance is April 14th. We'd love to I'm have there. I'm there. I'm there. We love I'm, this. I'm Zoom. And so uh, Stephen was one of my first interviews. I was a VJ. I was working at Woody's. You remember Ron Woods Club on 2nd Avenue? And I and Stephen came to my opening night, Rock Girl, and I interviewed Stephen. That was 1989. Oh my God, it's crazy. It's such a small world. Jesus. All right. So, so birthday cake. What's birthday cake? It's on show. It's on Stars now. Oh, it's out. Oh my God, yeah, I'm excited. It's been out. Yeah, uh, me and Val Kilmer. Yeah. Okay, so Val, the producer of his documentary, is a friend of mine. Brad, have you seen Val? His documentary it's amazing yeah yeah he was on the set yeah see so, Val, what happened with val he attached himself to birthday cake and they raised the money and then val wind up having that up procedure so val suggested yeah that he his dialogue goes to me because i was his underboss oh so what he does does in the movie is we explain how he got shot in the throat and every time he say something i would tell everybody what he just said i'm i'm watching it tonight i'm excited i didn't know yeah i, yeah. I didn't know it's it good that. it's good that's out that's out that's out okay so what else is coming oh so spinning gold is when is when is that one coming out now nah, timmy says he's putting it together and and Don Q, so Don Q. Don Q was done. I'm on. Uh, asked me to come out to the house and watch it. Uh, they need distribution, but it's done. You know. Did you watch it already, or are you going? No, I, I don't know if I want to watch it. I I think I want to wait till it's did. I'm on. So come on up. Uh, I don't like it that much. I said what? Uh oh. Uh oh. He said reshoots. I said they ain't got no money for reshoots. I'm on. He said come up. So then I talked to him the other day. I said what's the matter? He says nah, I like it because he's hard on himself. He's one of the hardest working actors I've ever met in my life. Wow. But he's a brother. You know, he called me up. Vinny, you want to do this? He wow. said it's like Don Quixote. And I said what part you want me to play? He says well play the mobster just got out of prison. And I was working on it. And I called him up and I called Dirk. I said, I don't want to play this guy. This is Why? Because it wasn't me. I said, I want to play the actor. He says, yeah, the actor is me. Hmm. See, he's a big fan of my work. So he hmm. asked me to go and help fight Dulcinea, Dal Quixote. And he comes to me and, and we created this whole story within the story. It was all improvisation. When me wow. and all for a week. Wow. And we just went with it. And that's what do I Do you love. get to do that a lot? Do you get to improvise uh, on set? Uh, on independent films, yes. It saves it saves a lot of scenes sometimes. Mm. You, know, you know, sometimes, um, uh, and you learn that from working with guys like Marty. Uh, they let you improvise, and then they lock it in, though. Right. You know, it's like, um, 
you know, improvisation is a, is a wonderful exercise for you to learn how to be how to trust yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you're doing a play, you can't improvise. You know that. When and, you do scene study with your with your students, do you ever have them improvise the scene aside from doing the lines? No, never. Rehearsal, yeah. Uh huh. Just to yeah, in rehearsal. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I say, okay, let me do an exercise. It's the same lines. It's not the same lines, but it's the same situation. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I let them do that. But uh, you, when you ask about how do you memorize lines, I don't know how they do it. So it's you make a, you make it a monologue, then you insert the other stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, I it's... write it down. Jimmy taught me how to do the cards. What's uh, that? On, uh, the cute. You get cards. Mm-hmm a little you know photo yeah. cards, the black uh-huh. the white cards and on one side you you write their line and on the other side you write your line and you test yourself ah and you answer oh. your, and then you flip it over it's like you know and you see that and you and you keep the cards with you because what happens like when i was working on wu-tang um they kept changing my lines you know rizza and i said okay and i would write it down and i keep the card in my thing and then uh you know, I wouldn't know what to say because I had the line that close to me. Cause I have my little cards. Right. You know? And I and I and I say, okay, this is next, this is next. But that's how I work. Has it gotten harder as you've gotten older? Because my memory is just for shit now. Well, I smoke a lot of pot. Yeah. <laughs> I used to love the pot. What do you mean you used to? I smoke a lot of pot? I, I haven't smoked pot in 21 years. It was my uh-huh. it was my love. It was my miss Mary Jane uh-huh. was my girl. Uh-huh. I don't recommend my actors uh, smoking pot, but <laughs> let me tell you something. It doesn't hurt with memorization. Really? It, it helps me memorize better. Music, music, sometimes I smoke a joint. Me and Louie, behind the scenes, me and Ducky, he played Skip on The Sopranos. It's been mm-hmm. on the couple with me. We'd come over because he lived around, the, he lived on the other side of the water. He lived over in uh, Country Club with his mother. He'd come over here. We smoke weed. We work on my lines. I pick them up. We go the next day. We smoke a joint out of the way to Jersey. We get there. We spray a civil cologne. They come over. Two takes. And on the way home, we smoke another joint. <laughs> and I'll tell you that now. But, I, you know. And then Tony Sirico said, you know why you got fired? Because you were smoking pot all the time. I said, get out of here. I said, you get fired. But no. You I got was- whacked. I've been smoking pot since 1967. You and me both. Yeah, but you stopped. I did. Yeah, but I smoked for like 40 years, 30 years. I smoked for a ridiculous every day, wake and bake all day long. Yeah, I was a big pot smoker. That was my passion. But yeah, I gave it up. But it's legal now. Did you ever? I know. And I never got to go to a pot store and I never got to have an edible. Oh, my God. Why not? Because you I was already You can buy it down the corner. What are you talking about? Because I'm sober. I'm clean and sober. I'm, I'm a- doing a movie out in the desert with Tom Sizemore. And jo- oh, and my Joshua, God. The Joshua Tree, right? So Tom um, is like the biggest. Yeah, go ahead. Listen, so he just came out of rehab or something, and he said he was clean. So we're working on this crazy movie called Calico Way or something. I don't know. It was from <laughs> Italy. Uh, yeah. And you know, me and Tommy called me everything you want to do. I said, yeah, good money. So I flew out there and we're doing the scene. So I said to Tommy, what we're shooting. I said, you got any pot? He says, I'm clean. I don't smoke no more. 
I said, well, because I had just worked with Tommy in Connecticut. I said, well, I don't know. I don't know nobody out here. How am I going to get any pot, man? He said, I'm playing. Don't ask me. So <laughs> we were going back to L.A. the next day, and the guy driving was uh, one of the PAs on the set. And I said, boy, I wish I could have some pot. He says, when do you ask Tom? I said, what are you talking about? He says, he had all the pot. I said, he told me he was clean. He says, he was high as a buzz hop. <laughs> oh, my God. Hysterical. Um, somebody's asking, Maria's asking, do you watch your work and critique yourself, or do you just enjoy watching? I like to watch myself now. I like to watch the early work now. Mm. I uh, like when Sopranos, I would sit there every Sunday night and watch it. But then I stopped watching it for like four years. And then mm. I, I, and then when they had the whole marathon, when Saints mm -hmm. was coming out, I watched it again and I forgot so much. Um, That's what I'm having now. It's so great watching it. Yeah, I like oh. to watch that. Uh, movies. Uh, I'm kind of hard on myself in the movies, like I say, because they only give you two takes and you say, oh man, why don't I go back and try to- Did you have rehearsal and, and multiple takes doing The Sopranos? You we did. had rehearsals, we had read-throughs, but we only had two takes. Mm. So you had to be ready and Jimmy was always ready. Mm. So if you're doing a scene with Jimmy, you go into his trailer and you run lines with Jimmy. Mm. Uh, that's the way Jimmy worked. That's the way I work. Run lines up. You and I were doing a movie together. So as soon as I get to the set, I said, you want to run lines today, even before we go to Ed Maker. And if you don't want to run lines with me, I say, fine, I find somebody else to run lines with me. Because when you get there and they say action, you got to give it to them. Absolutely. You Absolutely. know? You know, you so, say, how did you get to become a wise guy? Well, how did I get to kill people? I never killed nobody. <laughs> You know? Good. I'm glad to hear that. You know, how do you Maybe become I'm a glad. vampire? You know, I mean, it's all called acting. How do you become? Uh, I was just watching uh, Cyrano de Bergerac before when I was in between. How do you, that's a masterpiece. How do you step into that? It's called acting. The first thing I start to think about when I'm creating a role is uh, the exterior. What does this guy look like? Hmm. You know, does he wear a suit? Does he wear a sweatsuit? Does he wear glasses? Um, you know, um, is it, where's he from? What is he, how is he dressed? And once you start to wear, uh, the outfit exterior, uh, it becomes you, you know, cause mm -hmm. you're wearing clothes that, uh, belongs to this person, mm -hmm. you know, so that person, and I had a lot of it is the jewelry and all that stuff. Or if you're going to play, um, a baker, like I did a short film called Kids Menu, what Richie Vittori wrote. Mm -hmm. So how do you become a how do you become a pizza owner? I, I never ran a pizza joint. You know, you, you go in a pizza joint, you go to Richie's place, you go to somebody's place. Maybe you make the pie. Maybe you you know you you, you got to take all this stuff in. It's a little method, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. You got a little. Okay, so you never made pizza, but you did make pizza sauce. You had sauce. You had your own sauce for a while, didn't you? Yeah, but it, it went kapunk during the pandemic. Nobody was uh. it. Yeah, it was hard because you got to go out and market that. You got to go out to personal. I wasn't going out to the stores or not. How uh, did you come up with the with the recipe? Like, what what made you special? 
It had pot in it. I really don't want to talk too much on podcasts about that. Because Did it have pot in it? Is that what makes I'm making my own mar- my sauce next time. It's called Big Pussy's Marijuana Sauce. <laughs> you know, back in college in Tucson, I used to make sauce with, instead of oregano. Instead of oregano, I used to brown the pot and I used to put it in my sauce. Did you get a buzz? Oh, hell, I kicked your ass. Are you so kidding? Why don't we go partners? <laughs> okay, I'm in. Well, I'm, 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 no, I'm sober. I can't do that. You don't have to get high. Don't get high on your own supply. You don't gotta, you, you know, come on. Just tell the shit. Make some money. I could use to make some money. All right. So speaking of making money, what the hell was with Shark Tank? What the hell is is wait, what was your thing called? It was called Vinny's Wad. What was Vinny's Wad? Broccoli Wad. Why are you bringing up all these things that bombed in my life? No, so come on. Come on. Forget, all right. I brought up all the things that were good too. No, but what? No, but didn't somebody? Didn't one of them buy your thing and market it as something called something else? It never happened. Oh, that was bullshit. Okay. No, it wasn't bullshit. They were serious on that show, but the guy who brought me on the show, who manufactured the broccoli wad, you know, he just didn't follow it through. Hmm. You know. Um. So I don't know how many people. Now that I know that happened to me. How many people on that show, when they say, okay, we're going to put money into your thing, does that really happen? Hmm. Because they said, we're going to put money into the thing, but it never happened. It never happened. I see. Well, they 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 make it sound like it did, but... but it never yeah. happened. What about, all right, so speaking of things that are staged. So you did Celebrity Apprentice. Oh my God, don't get me started on that. But was that faked? Was that, how much of that was faked? Nothing, it was real, 100%. Really? Yeah, uh, me, Stephen Baldwin, Trace. I love Trace Atkins, he had a mm-hmm. good time. Lennox Lewis, that was all real. You know that, did you watch it? I, I actually watched your season, yes. Did you see the episode when uh, they made me a rap? Yes, I, you were going back and forth. Yes. Yeah, well, Mary Lou, uh, Mary Lou Hannah, she was a doll. Mary Lou you know, did my living room also. I did her show. I love Mary Lou. Mary Lou's a doll. She told me she used to have sex with Tony Danza on Taxi. I bet she made love with everybody, even Danny DeVito. <laughs> oh, she, told me she, said, she said that she had a relationship. She said, she said it's in her book that she had a relationship with almost everybody on the set of Taxi. God bless her. Wow. Well, <laughs> can we get sued for that saying that stuff? She nah. told me. Huh? We well, yeah, sued? if she told you, you can't get sued for saying that stuff. You're not uh, making right, it. So cut this out of the show. No, I can't cut. You're live. We're, there's no net here. You're you're playing without you net. watching in? Huh? She's a doll. Let's not get me in trouble. I ain't talking about her no more. But I love Tony Danson. Tony Danson told me he loved it too. So I think it's really true. So maybe maybe they had their own relationship. That's sweet though. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever did you ever date a, a someone that you were working with? I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> no. Okay. We won't go there. We won't talk. We won't talk about that. No. So what do you want to do next, Vincent? What what would what would you be well, exactly your... what I'm doing now? 
Which is what? Which I'm working with my guys on uh, my students oh. on Zoom. Okay. Uh, so we're putting up some plays. Uh, we're going to start going out to the school next week. And Are you sure? When do you, when do you start shooting the show with uh, Chaz? Uh, end of April at Long Island on a golf course. We're all playing golf together. Nice. Um, I ain't playing. I'm going to sit in the car. And then, uh, <laughs> uh, and then I have my, some soprano shows coming up with Michael and Steve. So I might, I'm all right. I'm all right. All right. So Michael told me he's out of the country for a couple months. He better not yeah, be lying Italy. to me. Oh, okay, it's a good thing. Otherwise, he's, I'd have to Italy. kill him. He's doing that new show. What? What? He, it takes place in Italy. It's for HBO. He's working with Murray F. Abrams. Nice. He's happy. He brought his wife over. Sweet. Her name's Vicky. Three months he's over there with his wife, Michael. Very, God bless him. Michael's nice. a Buddhist, you know. Really I strong do know. Now. Yeah, he gives me a lot of positive vibes and energy. He's wonderful. He stopped drinking. He did? Yeah. He doesn't drink. He doesn't. He won't smoke a bone joint. He won't do nothing. He's really focused. The of my whole little short, well, no, long, but not successful acting career, the highlight was do, improvising a 10-minute scene with him for in a Henry Jaglin film. Michael was fantastic. What movie? It's called The M-Word. Michael was the star. And Henry Jaglin, The M-Word for menopause. It was about women. But um, oh. it was about 11 years ago. And Michael was always the the best on set, just a professional, the greatest. Very, very well prepared, yeah, yeah. And just so great to improvise a scene with him. It was, it, I had to be at the top of my game. It was fun, it was yeah. fun. He's yeah. great. So, all right, so, so pussy. So, so you're doing all this stuff that you love, which is fantastic. And, and it's, it's, it's so nice to meet you because you, I was really nervous because when we were just, writing on Facebook, you know, you were kind of, you know, kind of just very because straight. Because I'm handling my own career. I mean, you, yeah. don't who, you don't know whose podcast you're going to end up on. <laughs> you know, when I was doing my podcast uh, with Storic, you know, we did it for two years, me and Goomba, they would feel, if I, if I got an offer to go on a podcast, I would say to Christian, find out who these people are. Yeah. You know, so then when I get something, through Facebook or whatever thing, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I get, and uh, most of them turn out turn out to be pretty pretty good. This is a wonderful interview, Thank but you. Um, sometimes you get stuck with a couple of people they don't want to ask you. You know, I, I watched a, a ton of your interviews in the last couple of days, and the one guy was absolutely hysterical. He had the most hardcore Queens accent. I I went to high school in Queens, but he was really funny, just so hardcore Queens accent. It was a very sweet interview. He, he worshipped you. It was very cute. You just oh, did it like a month. That guy. That guy. Um, you just did ago. it like a yeah. You just did it uh, recently. Was Ralph or something, Rocky or something, Rocco. I don't. He has a really heavy accent. It was. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I don't know who he was. It's not like my agency got an interview, you know, so you don't know, you know, but you got to trust people. Well, I thank you for taking that risk with me. I really do. That, well, it's that's... like anything. I mean, you know, I mean, um, you got you got to and then you wind up having uh, friendships with these people, because when I talk to Benny, I'm going to say, guess who show I was on, you know. Benny <laughs> oh, Benny. Yes, please say hi to Ben, please. I'm going oh, to. I may see them too. tomorrow night. Oh my God, that's it's so crazy! Over, 
um, uh, a couple of the guys are playing tomorrow night, and I haven't been out, you know, so I may just take an Uber and go over, and I need a night out. You know who's watching right now? Do you know Leland Sklar? He's the bass player that was that uh, he Bonnie Raitt and 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 uh, and James Taylor and and Phil Collins and he's so famous. He has been, anyway. He's watching and he says, "Great show today." Lee's like the greatest bass player that like ever was. So you guys have to meet. He's you'd love him, and yeah. he loves yeah. Um, but anyway, then he knew T Bone. T Bone uh, was the bass player. He knew T Bone. I'm sure he does. I'm sure, but I, 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 I have enjoyed this so much, Vinny. Um, I had no idea. I was nervous, and you put me right at ease. You're so much. Ever since I was in my pajamas. Yeah, know? I tell you what. Um, <laughs> why don't you get in touch with me, and I'll talk to you in May. What's in May? Oh, you're gonna come back. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Also, you're gonna. You know because you you can help me promote my band. I'll help you. I used my to band goes bands. on the road. My band goes on the road May third. We're doing Bowery Electric, and then we're doing Pleasantville, and then we're doing um, Wonder Bar, Daryl's. I got a summer tour, and I like to promote people because they come out. You know the band. I I'm happy to put it all over my Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram. I will do that for you. It'll be my pleasure. And you got to get the band out to L.A. I want you got to come to L.A. I want to play oh, Harriet's. What's the name of that place up in uh up in the up in yeah the top of Joshua Tree called Harriet's something? I don't know. I've never I've been to Joshua Tree once. I don't know a club there though. I don't know. Oh yeah, it's way up on top of the mountain. Nice. That sounds fun. Yeah, they all go up there to play. Well, I would love you to come out here and play, and I I would love to come see you live. How fun would that be? I haven't seen I haven't been to New York in two and a half years. I haven't seen my mother. It's no good. Well, I'm still I'm still afraid to fly. I uh, no, it ain't about flying. It's about New York has some serious violence problems that are going on. Whether you got this new mayor or the old mayor, I mean. It's bad. People really. Getting, oh yeah. People getting thrown and. Well, that I know. Yes, that was hard. That was hard. Something's happening. To somebody. Some serious violent problems. Until they straighten it out. Oh jeez. I don't. I tell my daughter, you ain't getting on the subway. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the subway's a scary place now. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, listen, after we get, I have to like end the thing and then we go away. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you back because I want to get your address. I'm gonna send you some stuff, and um, and I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna okay. get you a gig in L.A. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so uh, you want me to? Uh, how do you want me to give you my address and stuff? I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you back. Uh, come back on the Zoom after we sign off the air. What are we spending from... the night together here? How long am I gonna be with you? All right, well, just email it to me then. Yes, sweetheart. <laughs> and tell Sharipa I'm coming after him because I want him to do this too. He's living out. No, uh, he moved him back to the city. Yeah, but I just want to. He'd Zoom. He would Zoom. Okay. All right. Put in a good word for me. I will. All right. I love you. You're fantastic. Uh, who are you going to say hello to for me? Benny. 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 Okay. <laughs> hey, hold on. And, and Drew, I'm, and I'm, I'm, calling Drew. I'm calling Drew as soon as we get off the air. Hold on.
Right, I'm holding on. <laughs> oh, no. Come on. Wait, wait. Make it better. I, I, it's no. Move it this way. And now this glare. See, Benny? Wait a minute. Where's Benny? No, because it's too blurry. I can't see. Which one is Benny? I can't even see. Oh, there on the side. <laughs> what year is that? 1982. Oh my God. I met him in 86. Oh, that's funny. Oh my God. Those are my club days. Okay, Princess. I'll say hello to Benny for you. All right. I will. I love you. I'm going to email you. you my address. Okay, do it. I love okay, you. Bye. Somebody's Goodbye. Somebody's going to